بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الخلق أجمعين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him And to bless the noble and pure family of his And to bless all his companions And to bless every single one of us to bless our offspring, those to come up to the day of Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast on this deen. Beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we have been going through the life story, the most beautiful story in the Qur'an, as the Qur'an says, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. This evening, inshallah, we will complete the story. If we have a moment, we will also go into the life of yet another Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an. If not, tomorrow inshallah, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yusuf alayhi salam or the Prophet Joseph, may peace be upon him. He had hatched a plan to keep his brother in Egypt where he was. And the other brothers from amongst them, one decided to stay back because he said we had promised our father that we will bring this other brother back whose name was Binyamin or Benjamin. And because he is not with us, I am too embarrassed. I cannot face my father. I will not be able to go there. You people go there and talk to him. And when they went to their father, they told their father, you can ask the people we came with, your son was a thief. He stole and this is what happened. And the father says, I know from Allah that which you don't know. He says, my patience is very, very beautiful. And we made mention of this yesterday. Now they had already told him that look there is no point in keeping on remembering Yusuf because he told them go and try and look for Yusuf and the brother. Ya bani yadhabu fatahassasu min Yusuf wa akhihi wa la tayasu min rawhillah. He told them, look my children, I'm instructing you to go and try and look for Yusuf and his brother. And don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For indeed, the only people who lose hope in the mercy of the Almighty are those who disbelieve. Now a lesson for us. In life we lose hope. Small things, small matters. Lost a job, lost hope. Lost a wife, lost hope. Someone passes away, lost hope. What is this? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength in our belief. Because the Quran says, and this would not have been in the Quran if it was wrong. The Quran says, No one loses hope in the Almighty's mercy besides the one who disbelieves in Him. And why is this? Because Allah says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He is the most forgiving, most merciful. So if Allah is the most merciful, how can me or you lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This was something for the brothers of Joseph, may peace be upon him, Yusuf alayhi salam, it was impossible. To them, they got rid of him a long time ago, he was gone. But here's the father still with hope. And years had passed. It is reported some 
Historians say 25 years, some say 30 years, some say 40 years, some take it as far as 80 years having passed. Whatever it is, decades had passed. And here is the man with hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making dua every day, day in, day out, without losing hope. How many of us, when we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something, we say, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, Ya Allah, grant us, grant us. And after a few days, we start losing hope. You know, I don't have this, it's been so many years past, and I'm making dua to Allah, it's not coming. Wallahi, I swear by Allah, that dua on its own, together with the hope, is an act of worship that would probably qualify a person free entry into paradise. So don't lose hope. Because it is a sign of belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us to make dua, so we are making dua. So here you have a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making dua for another Nabi who was his son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam. So the, the children decide, okay, this father of ours, we know that he is just keeping on mentioning the same thing again and again and again. And he is just saying it. They even told him, you know what? You'd better stop uttering all this because you'll die saying this. You know, sometimes when we get irritated, we tell someone, why are you repeating this? You'll die saying this. Which means, when are you ever going to stop saying it? Is it death that's going to make you stop? So this was roughly the question they asked their own father. But when they needed food again, and they found the drought was prolonging, the drought was long, and they didn't have much merchandise to go and pay for it because although it was subsidized and they had their own plan, we don't have the details of what exactly the plan was, but they had to pay something minor and collect the grain and come back. So now they decided, you know, our father, he has now turned blind. Why? Because of his concern and because of his tears. Too much crying can mess up your eyesight. And at the same time, together with worry and stress, it can also cause deterioration in your eyesight. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from stress. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from crying for nothing, but we should be crying for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people, they watch a movie, they start crying. But you read Quran, and they don't want to cry. Wallahi, you see Anthony Quinn being murdered, and there's tears in their eyes. That man was paid and what you're seeing is ketchup or tomato sauce. It's not blood. And here's the people are crying. Allahu Akbar. And when you tell them a verse of the Quran, it doesn't shake them. May Allah make us from those whom, when the Quran is read, our hairs stand. Amen. That's a sign of Iman. When the Quran is recited, the power of it goes straight down your spine. And you feel it on your hair. This is a sign of Iman. The Quran says it. And we've mentioned the verse. Let's repeat it. The true believers are those whom when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. And when the verses of the Quran are recited, it increases their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their conviction is increased. And they lay their full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another verse, Allah says, Allah nazzala ahsan al-hadithi kitaban mutashabihah. 
مثاني تقشعر منه جلود الذين يخشون ربهم beautiful description ثم تلين جلودهم وقلوبهم إلى ذكر الله Allah has revealed a beautiful book that has in it verses that are repeated many times. We have in the Quran verses that are repeated many times. A beautiful book with similar verses. The, the, the skins of those who purely believe in Allah, they tighten up with goosebumps when they hear these verses. And after that, the skins loosen up. The hearts soften towards the remembrance of Allah. What a beautiful description of the Quran. I'm sure we felt it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. So Yusuf alayhi salam sitting in authority in Egypt and his brothers walk in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they now spoke to him. As they entered, he obviously noticed that their condition is slightly different. They are now somber, they are, they are now more humbled and so on. You can notice when a person has prolonged difficulty, they are humbled. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us humbleness without difficulty. We must not wait for difficulty to come in our lives before we land on the ground. No, we should inshallah be on the ground, the proper level. Humbleness, humility. Man We've mentioned the hadith, whoever humbles themselves for the sake of Allah, Allah will raise their ranks. Subhanallah. And whoever wants to be proud and arrogant, Allah drops him down onto the ground. So, Allah says, قَالُوا يَا أَيُّهَا الْعَزِيزُ مَسَّنَا وَأَهْلَنَا الضُّرُّ Oh, you who, in, who is in authority. Oh, Aziz. He was given a position, it was known as Al-Aziz. He was the one in authority. He had the say and the clout in Egypt was given it because of his knowledge. From this we also learn, they called a man from the prison in order to lead them because they gave that authority to the one whom it is most deserving or to the one whom it is most de deserving upon. We learn from this, don't be shy to make as your leader the one who deserves the post and who is able and capable even if you and he might not be looking eye to eye. Allahu Akbar. This is what happened here. With us, no. We will propel into positions of leadership. Those whom we know, they are our friends. If they become leaders, we'll make money out of it. Then we love that leadership. Or if they become powerful, then our agenda is served. May Allah protect us. Remember, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks about destruction. And he says, إِذَا وُسِّدَ الْأَمْرُ إِلَىٰ غَيْرِ أَهْلِهِ فَانْتَظِرِ السَّاعَةِ When authority is given to the one who is inappropriate for that position, then you can wait for the hour. Which means Qiyamah is coming. There are two interpretations to this. Anything that is given to a person who doesn't deserve or who doesn't know or who is incapable to look after or to be in authority over, it is the end of that particular item, it is the end of that committee, it is the end of that country, it is the end of that company, it is the end of that business, it is the end of that family. When you put at the top someone who doesn't know anything about it, it's over.
That is one of the meanings of the hadith, which is an authentic narration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he warns us. Secondly, when you notice on the globe that all those in authority are people who know nothing about that particular field, you must know Qiyamah is also very close, the world is going to come to an end. So you have a person leading the most powerful country in the world, reading a book upside down, you know there's a problem. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Really, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors and grant us a deep understanding. Because if that is happening everywhere across the globe, then really we have a crisis. People who don't know how to solve a problem are made arbitrators in order to solve people's problems. What is that? So this is one very important point we learn from the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. They did not have pride in them. That's why they succeeded. If that king was too proud, he would have said, no, that man's an inmate. How can we bring him in here and give him authority even over us? They told him, do as you want. Yesterday I was speaking to one brother from Syria who is sitting in our midst. And he says, my father, he farms olives. And he says, you know, every time he used to... This is a true story the brother told me yesterday here. He says, every time we harvested the olives and we wanted to squeeze them and so on, the, li- the shelf life or the life of that olive was very short. In a short time, it would become unusable. So... He, my father decided to follow Surah Yusuf, where Yusuf alayhi salam told this king that that corn, meaning the, the wheat, leave it on its corn. Don't take it out. Save it whilst it's on its corn and you will be able to use it seven years later. So he says what we decided to do, leave the olives with the branch and the leaves and then we found its shelf life was increased amazingly. Now the same applies to lychees in our part of the globe. The same applies, mashallah, to maize. They leave it covered, everything closed. (laughs) Exactly as it grew, the shelf life is longer. Automatic, natural nature from Allah. Who inspired Yusuf alayhi salam to say this? It was Allah. Wallahi, when I heard it, the brother was talking to me there. And I said, inshallah, I will have to say this. Because it's important and it is true. We know it in our lives as well. But it's in the Quran, we take it for granted. It's a lesson we learned. Now Yusuf alayhi salam... He hears them saying, Oh Aziz, we have been afflicted. Our family has been afflicted by some harm. We have been harmed. Meaning, we are in a situation that is very difficult. And we have come with merchandise to pay for our grain, but our merchandise is not even grand. It might not even be enough and it won't be of the proper quality. So firstly, we are suffering. We are going through a lot of turmoil in our family. There's a lot of problem. There is difficulty. So grant us our ration and just be charitable. Give us a sadaqa. Allahu Akbar. Grant us charity. Be charitable. Charitable in the sense that one brother of ours, you got him with you, please send him with us. And another thing is, overlook the fact that our merchandise is not that grand. Please still give us this grain and let us take it and go with. Now this is a blood brother. He couldn't take it more than that. Now he's the blood brother. He needs to know because obviously you see that he feels my brothers are now asking me. And they are telling me that we have a problem back at home. And this is the situation. He looks at them and he says, قَالَ هَلْ عَلِمْتُمْ مَا فَعَلْتُمْ بِيُوسُفَ وَأَخِيهِ إِذْ أَنْتُمْ جَاهِلُونَ He says, I want to ask you one question. 
Do you know what you did to Yusuf and his brother whilst you people were ignorant? They were shocked. Why? Nobody knows about Yusuf. No one. It's either them or Yusuf himself. When he said that, they immediately knew this man is Yusuf. Yusuf. Are you Yusuf? Yusuf he says, I am Yusuf and this is my brother. Indeed, Allah has blessed us in so many ways. And definitely those who bear patience, those who are conscious of Allah and bear patience, Allah will never waste the reward of those who do good deeds. So he immediately spoke to them. He says, look, yes, you are right. I am Yusuf. This is my brother. He didn't now try and speak to them arrogantly. He just told them, look, I want to tell you something. Allah always rewards those who have two qualities in them. The quality of taqwa and the quality of sabr. You need to have both those qualities. Allah will not waste your deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You need taqwa, you need the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you need the sabr, you need patience, you need perseverance. It's important for us all to know that success does not come without consciousness of Allah. And success will not come without patience. I want to pause here for a moment and tell you something. This surah was revealed in Makkah al-Mukarramah. When? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose a moment and a time to reveal the surah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had just lost his wife, the most beloved to him, Khadija binti Khuwaylid radiyallahu anha. This great woman, Khadija radiyallahu anha. He had just lost her. And then he loses his uncle Abu Talib, who had been a pillar of support. And then he goes to Ta'if, and he is beaten up in Ta'if. And he comes out of Ta'if. Meaning they blasphemed him, or should I say, they really disrespected him in Ta'if, in the greatest way possible. Physically, they tried to harm him and they tried to. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. And as he comes back, Allah says, we are going to reveal to you the most beautiful of stories. Here is the story. So the story of Yusuf alayhi salam was revealed in what is known as Amul Huzn, the year of sadness. That is the same year that the Prophet ﷺ was taken up to what is known as Mi'raj, also a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says here, You bear patience, O Muhammad ﷺ. Look how long this man suffered, Yusuf ﷺ. Look what he went through. And Allah says, He also says, If you have taqwa and sabr, Allah will not waste the reward of those who do good. La yudi'u. Daya' means to waste. To go in vain. Allah says, no. If you have taqwa and sabr, your reward will come. But just be patient. Allahu Akbar. And Muhammad ﷺ was so happy. The story brought a lot of comfort to his heart. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Yusuf wasallam immediately, he paused. These people uttered words. Qalu tallahi 
لقد آثرك الله علينا وإن كنا لخاطئين They said, Wallahi, we swear by Allah. Allah has elevated you above us. We were definitely wrong in what we did. Now look at how they had planned his downfall. They wanted to kill him. They threw him in the well. And what Allah did as a result, He raised those. Pe- he raised this man so high above these people that their food depended on him after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They had to come begging with a bowl like this to say, we need food. Tasaddaq alayna. Give us a charity here. Look, so this is why never plan the downfall of someone. There is a chance that through that planning, they will get a lot of success. Look at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They planned his downfall in Makkah. They literally threw him out of Makkah, na'udhu billah. And what did that result in? The great migration, the hijrah. He, the doors were opened to another territory of Medina Munawwara. And Islam grew from Medina far greater than these people of Makkah ever dreamt of. Until one day, he came back to Makkah victorious. And I'm going to mention that in a few moments. Here Yusuf alayhi salam tells his brothers immediately. He didn't wait for more words of praise. And he didn't start patting himself and saying, Right, you see, now I'm going to punish you. You see this? No, there was no word, no time for that. No negative word. He immediately says, لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ no blame upon you today. I don't want to know anything. It's all over, forgiven and forgotten. Let's talk about something else. Allahu Akbar. And he started talking of the shirt. He says, I'm, really, I'm taking out my shirt because I've heard what happened to our father. He's lost his sight. Take this to him. And inshallah, when you cast it over him, he, his eyesight will return by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he came back to Mecca, victorious, exactly the same way, he didn't come, you know, standing and beating drums and telling people I'm winning and so on and raising his hands, nothing. He was down on his camel. His head was so down, he was in sujood. He was in sujood. Subhanallah. His head was right down. It was almost touching the back of the camel. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he entered thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, you've granted me victory over these people who have prepared armies to come and fight me, who have tried to kill me, who have killed so many of my companions, my relatives, my cousins, my uncles. So many of them have been murdered, mass murdered by these people. Ya Allah, today you are giving me victory. He looks at Quraysh. Ya ma'ashara Quraysh, ma'adha tadhunnuna anni fa'ilun bikum. Oh people of Quraysh, what do you think I'm going to do to you today? They were at his mercy, really, because he had 100,000. He, he came in with a large army, there was no way they were going to face him. After so many years, similar to what happened to Yusuf alayhi salam. So they looked at him and their leaders told him, We hope that it is something good because you are Akhun Karim wabnu Akhin Karim. You are an honorable brother, the son of a noble man, an honorable brother. He says, I am not going to tell you anything besides what Joseph told his brothers, what Yusuf alayhi salam told his brothers. La tathriba alaykum al-yawm. No blame upon you today. Idhabu fa'antumut tulaqa. Go, all of you are free. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He sought no retribution. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There were a few criminals 
who were dug out, the rest of them were let loose, nothing to be mentioned. So many of them accepted Islam on the occasion of that fatah and that victory because they were witnessing a Nabi of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us lesson. This lesson we also find it in Surah Yusuf. He tells his brothers, no blame on you today. Allah will forgive you for indeed he is most forgiving, most merciful. اذهبوا بقميصي هذا فألقوه على وجه أبي يأتي بصيرا وأتوني بأهلكم أجمعين Take my shirt, go and place it on your father, cast it over him, inshallah his eyesight will become clear once again and bring the whole family and come here. They were suffering there, they expressed their sadness and their condition and here he is saying, bring them all and come and live in Egypt. Come. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now we're taking the scene back there where Yaqub alayhi salam was the father. He couldn't see. He had lost his sight. Whether it was a cataract or what have you, only Allah knows best exactly what it was. But what we do know, somehow, the sweat of Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam, it had resulted in the cure of these eyes by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For your information today, as we're speaking, there are studies in the Western world as to how some of that which is found in the sweat of a human being can be used to cure the cataract. Subhanallah. And these are studies that are at a very advanced stage. You can actually check it out. The world is now just a little global village and you can see what we are talking about. It's amazing. It's amazing. We spoke about olives moments ago from Surah Yusuf. Now we're speaking about these eye drops and something to do with the eyes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So Allah says, <laughs> قالوا تالله إنك لفي ضلالك القديم. On one hand, the caravan is leaving Egypt, going towards Yaqub alayhi salam with the shirt, and on the other hand, Yaqub alayhi salam, so many hundreds of kilometers away, is saying, "Oh my people, I know I can't see, but I can definitely smell Yusuf. I can smell him. I can smell him. He is coming near." And the people around him are saying, No man, you are fi dalalik al-qadim. You just have this obsession. And what you've been saying all along for all these years, you're just repeating it. And it's probably something that you're going to now need to forget. Because this is out of a question. And suddenly the caravan appears. Allahu Akbar. فَلَمَّا أَنْ جَاءَ الْبَشِيرُ أَلْقَاهُ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ فَارْتَدَّ بَصِيرًا قَالَ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ الله أكبر When the caravan came, they took the shirt and they cast it over him and his eyes became clear once again. And the story was manifest, open, loud for everybody to read. He says, oh my children, oh my people, didn't I tell you I know something from Allah that you people do not know? Now the children are embarrassed because they need to face their father. Years of what they did. For your information, 
had they not done what they, they did, where would Yusuf alayhi salam have been? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan was such. Allah says, they planned and we had a plan. And look at the end of that plan. In another place in the Quran, Allah says, وَمَكَرُوا مَكْرًا وَمَكَرْنَا مَكْرًا وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ فَانظُرْ كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ مَكْرِهِمْ In another place in the Quran, regarding another Nabi, but we want to use that example here, Allah says, they planned, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala planned without them even feeling what the plan of Allah was. So now look at the outcome of their plan. It resulted in their own destruction. Allahu Akbar. When people plot against you or against me, don't worry. When we should be worried, when we plot against somebody else. This is when we should be worried. Why? We should not engage in that type of behavior and that type of activity. Continue. We are always taught when you see a crooked line, don't waste your time trying to straighten it. Draw a straight line next to it and walk away. Those who are passing by will say, that's a crooked line, this is a straight line, and they will also benefit from it. But if you're going to fight your whole life trying to plan and plot and do this and do that, people will look at you and they think you're also part of the crooked line. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and safety. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, these young men who were the sons of Ya'qub alayhi salam, Ya abana astaghfir lana dhunubana inna kunna khati'een O our father, seek forgiveness for our sin. We are definitely wrong. We were totally wrong. At least they're admitting the sin now. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to admit our sins and to repent to Allah before it is too late. We need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This evening, again, powerful verses we had read in the Quran. So many that it is impossible for us to talk about all of them in a few minutes. But in a nutshell, it is important for us to turn to Allah. Allah says, the verses we read this evening in the Tarweeha, Allah says, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell them that it will not benefit you at all if you think you are going to run away from death or from being killed or dying in the way Allah wants. And if you think you have missed death, you should know that you're still going to have to die. Many of us are saved from a car crash. We come out unscathed. And sometimes we were sick and ill. The doctors gave us two hours, 20 hours. And what happened? It's now 20 years we're still alive. It has happened, many people. But death has to still come to you. No matter what. This is what Allah is saying in the Quran. That if you think you ran away from death, don't worry, it is still behind you. It has to come. Death is a door that every single person has to enter. There's no ways that you can run away from it. So prepare for that day. Wallahi, a winner is the one who abstains from sin. A winner is the one who constantly sacrifices for Allah. We spoke about taqwa and sabr. And we said that is what will result in the success of a human being. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us success. So Ya'qub alayhi salatu wa salam tells his sons, قَالَ سَوْفَ أَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ he says, I will ask Allah to forgive you because He is most forgiving, most merciful. Now the wording here is very powerful. 
They didn't say, Oh Father, forgive us. Oh Father, seek Allah's forgiveness for us. Oh Father, seek Allah's forgiveness for us. We were wrong. The Father is a Nabi. He says, I will seek the forgiveness of Allah for you because He is the owner of forgiveness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness. Now, the beauty. Allahu Akbar. They all left and everyone was excited and they started the caravan set out and they're now going to Egypt and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing Yusuf alayhi salam preparing to now meet them and as they're entering Look at the scene. Allah says, the parents came in, the brothers came in, they all walked in. Yusuf was so happy to see his parents, mashallah. And you can imagine the emotions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they raised him upon a throne and he, they had prostrated. Down, prostrated. And he looks and he sees father, mother, and eleven brothers. And he says, Ya abati hada ta'wilu ru'iyaya min qabl, qad ja'alaha rabbi haqqa. Oh my father, this is the meaning of that dream that I had had a long, long time ago. Allah made it come true. I see the sun, the moon, and eleven stars. Today my mother, my father, and here the eleven brothers. Now it is prohibited for us to put our head on the ground for anyone besides Allah. In our sharia, in the law that has come with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, your head goes on the ground solely for your maker, nobody else. Whoever made you, whoever you are going to return to, that is the one and only. But in that sharia, in order to acknowledge the level and the status of a person, out of respect, they bowed down and they engaged in sujood. Obviously with us it's not allowed because people might ask how come they did sujood? So we need to clarify that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Yusuf alayhi salam, he was one of the most powerful men you could have. He had the control over the Egyptian empire, the kingdom of Egypt. Powerful, it was one of the biggest and the most powerful of the time. And he had so much wealth, he was the one giving to everybody. And he had... Lots of good looks, mashallah. He was the most beautiful human being you could have. So handsome, given from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had wealth, he had authority, he had everything you could think of. He had his parents now were here. He had his brothers, they solved the problem in a minute. How did they solve the problem? I need to pause there for a moment. By one man who was right, forgiving those who were wrong. Totally. And he says, listen, don't bring it up again, it's over. Forgiven, forgotten. That's how you solve your problems in your houses. That's how you solve your problems with your brothers and sisters. That's how you solve your problems with your in-laws and outlaws. Yes. You know, they always use the term in-law because I think that's where the lawyers come in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant a savior. I don't know why we look at people with skepticism. There is no need to do that. Not at all. You need to have a clear heart. Life is too short to make our heart murky and dirty. Open it. Forgive. When you forgive, you are liberated. Liberation, meaning you feel free, you feel let loose, mashallah. But if you don't forgive, you hold baggage. 
and it holds more and it ties you with chains and you feel so down and you at night you are feeling so stressed why your heart has not forgiven this is what you learn from the story of Yusuf alayhi salam if he wanted he could have executed them because he was in authority and they wanted to kill him they could have gone for whatever you'd like to call it in terms of crime they could have exe- he could have executed them all but no he just looked at them and said no problem no blame upon you today don't worry allah is most forgiving most merciful that's the last and the first thing he ever said about it he never spoke about it again not at all and he lived with them so well he gave them dwellings in egypt he let them do as they please he made them people who were looked up to now in society and community he never went around telling the whole world that you know these are my brothers this is what they did you go back to the next man you see these brothers of mine they crooks you go back to the next man you see these brothers of mine they wanted to kill me you go to the next one you see these brothers of mine why spread stories all over that is our weakness the weakness of man let us learn a lesson from the story no point in going to complain about your own brethren to everybody else not at all we need to learn a lesson may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a good lesson so here you have a powerful man he's holding absolutely everything and he says to his to his father he is making mention of the gifts of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says this is the, the meaning of my dream number 1 number 2 he he continues and he says waqad ahsana bi idh akhrajani min as-sijn and allah has really done me a favor by removing me from the jail stop and think about what he is saying he says allah has bestowed a favor upon me by removing me from jail he didn't say allah punished me by letting me go into the jail although he went in wrongly he was jailed he looked at the positives and he says allah blessed me by taking me out of that negativity allahu akbar how many of us are prepared to look at the positives in our lives and ignore the negatives it will really enhance us emotionally mentally physically spiritually look at the positives in life stop harping about the negatives in your life you are being blinded by two negatives from another 100 positives in your life why there are so many points of goodness in your life that really we all sometimes take for granted may allah open our eyes may he grant us the ability to be thankful like yusuf alayhi salam and then he continues and he says again look at the power of his words he says and Allah has really blessed me by bringing you people from those rural areas and bringing them here from the desert you came in Allah blessed me he didn't say Allah punished me by separating me for so many years from you he didn't say that look again how positive his thinking is then he says مِن بَعْدِ أَن نَزَغَ الشَّيْطَانُ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ إِخْوَتِي this all happened after shaitan caused a difference between myself and my brothers. Remember we spoke a few days ago about one young boy from amongst us who said that sometimes we can just blame shaitan for our problems and solve our matter. Which means if I got a problem with you, you can say look it was shaitan and I can say look it was shaitan and the two of us come together. At least we got shaitan to blame. Yusuf alayhi salam blamed shaitan. He says look my brothers are good, shaitan is bad. Shaitan is the one who caused this problem. It is solved. We've taken shaitan out of the equation. So now the two of us are united. Whenever you have disunity, you need to know shaitan is playing. The quicker you identify shaitan and remove him and eradicate him and take out your pride and come back down to the earth, then the problem will be solved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us solution to our matters and problems.
إِنَّ رَبِّي لَطِيفُ لِمَا يَشَاءُ The power of the Qur'an, the power of the words of these prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after that, he makes a dua. Sitting right at the top, he says, رَبِّي, O oh my Rabb, O oh my Rabb. قَدْ آتَيْتَنِي مِنَ الْمُلْكِ وَعَلَّمْتَنِي مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ فَاطِرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ O my Rabb, you have granted me so much in terms of authority and kingdom. You have given me so much. All this power that I have, all this kingdom that I have, all this authority that I have. And over and above that, you gave me knowledge of certain items that other people do not have the knowledge of. One of that was, he had the knowledge of the interpretation of dreams. Someone seen a dream, they could go to him and tell him, we've seen this dream, he was able to tell you exactly what the meaning of the dream was. Look at this surah, beautifully it starts with a dream. The prisoners saw a dream, the king saw a dream, and... The, when the prisoners saw it, it was interpreted. When the king saw it, it was interpreted. And the main dream which started the surah, ends the surah with an interpretation physically of that particular dream. It was all about dreams. Now he makes a dua. He says, Allamtani min ahadith. Then he says, Fatira samawati wal ard. Oh Allah, you are the one who created the skies and the earth. I might have clout, I might have authority, I might have power, I might have wealth, I might have good looks, I might have good health. All this means nothing when it comes to your own power and might. You are the giver, Ya Allah. You are the one who, who gives. You are in supreme control. You made everything in the first place. Us and our surroundings. Everything has been made by you, Ya Allah. This was the statement of Yusuf alayhi salam. Then he says, Allahu Akbar. You are my wali. You are my protector. The word wali, it means a protector. You are the only one who protects me. You are my guardian. I will not seek protection from anyone but you, Ya Allah. So I am asking you something, Ya Allah. I want a favor from you, Ya Allah. Tawaffani musliman wa alhiqni bisalihin. I want two things from you, Ya Allah. I want you to cause my death in the state of submission to you. I want to be a slave of yours. I want to be submitted to you, Ya Allah. And I want you to join me with the pious whom you have chosen and selected. Allahu Akbar. What a powerful dua. We should also be making the same dua. Ya Allah, you've given us clothing, you've given us food, you've given us goodness, you've given us so much, you've given us all the positives we have. So much from Allah. Tawaffana musliman wa alhiqna bisalihin. Muslimina wa alhiqna bisalihin. Oh Allah, grant us death in a condition that we are Muslim. Muslim meaning? What is the meaning of Muslim? A one who surrenders to Allah. The one who surrenders to Allah. Grant us death in that condition. He knew that all this is not going to last. All this I have here, I need Allah more than anything else. I need to start preparing for my death. But he was more powerful than any one of us. He had much more in any way than every single one of us put together. Allahu Akbar. Yusuf alayhi salam. And he's still preparing for his death. He says, Allahu Akbar, Ya Allah, I want you to grant me goodness. Allahu Akbar. And this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we have favored you. ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ نُوحِيهِ إِلَيْكَ These are the stories of the unseen, which you haven't seen, we have revealed them to you. مَا كُنْتَ تَعْلَمُهَا أَنْتَ وَلَا قَوْمُكَ مِنْ قَبْلِ هَذَا 
Neither you knew any of these stories, nor any one of your people knew these stories before we revealed it to you. So the lesson, Allah says, Fasbir, Allahu Akbar. So bear patience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to bear patience. This is in another place in the Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fasbir. So bear patience. The lesson, the moral of the story, be patient. Don't worry. Goodness comes to those who wait for it. Those who are steadfast. Don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah. And in this particular surah, Allah says, وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ أَجْمَعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَمْكُرُونَ You were not there when those brothers were planning their plot against Yusuf alayhi salam. You were not there when they were doing all that. But we told it to you as though now it feels like you were there. All of us who sat and heard the story, couldn't we picture it in our minds? That is the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, still... وَمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ وَلَوْ حَرَسْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ No matter how hard you try, the majority of people won't believe. May Allah make us the exception. May He make us those who believe. May He make us those who learn a lesson. May He make us those who constantly learn from the Qur'an. There are so many lessons we've derived from Surah Yusuf. There are still more lessons. But inshallah, we will leave that for another occasion. Tomorrow, inshallah, we have an appointment by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here with the life of Ayyub alayhi salam and Yunus alayhi salatu wa salam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us till then. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.